welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is your host, Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. I have a bit of a mixed bag episode for you. I was thinking I might have a guest this week, but I think she's going to be next week. So today we are just going to talk a little bit of Q&A, a little bit of sharing what's going on with me this year, and a more detailed planner piece submission that I am excited to share. So let's go ahead and get started. Our planner piece submission comes from Liz, and she writes, I wanted to share because I have finally settled into a system that is working really well right now. I am a physician at an academic medical center, and my time is split between clinical care and research, which includes two very different types of projects. I also have three young kids. Okay, this is Sarah again. I have to pause because her life sounds a lot like mine in many ways. I also have my time split, although now it's between clinical care and podcasting creative work. And I also have three kids, although they are quickly getting to the point where I could call them like youngish kids. My youngest is now five, so it's kind of coming out of the woods on that one. All right, back to our planner piece. She writes, I started using the planner pad thanks to this podcast and love being able to list out weekly tasks both by category and then assign them to a day. However, I was finding that I would list too many tasks per week and then have to copy them forward. The planner pad people suggest a cumbersome system that involves folding over or tearing off the top corner to track undone items, but I have moved on. Instead, I now use an accessory notebook to hold my yearly and seasonal goals, which I do January, May, and September in the front and list of to-dos by project in the back so I can limit myself to listing only items for that week. So this is Sarah again. Again, she's still using the planner pad and she loves it, but for a longer term list, she has an accessory notebook. I have also found that this system works for me as well. So super interesting that Liz is doing the same. Okay, I'll keep going. Liz goes on to say, I am using a moleskin cahier for this, which works well because the back pages are perforated. So I rewrite the list and tear out the old ones during my monthly review. I use the remaining front pages to list accomplishments and highlights by month. I use the paper calendar for long-term planning, which I sync to my work outlook once a month, and then transfer meetings back to the paper planner on Fridays. After I choose tasks for the next week, I list any weekend work or home admin tasks on a single sticky note and put them on the front of my planner so I don't have to open it up or otherwise think about work until Monday. I love that. The other piece of my system for managing information is using a wiki software. I use VoodooPad, but there are several. I have three wiki files on my computer, one to take notes on journal articles or drop in screenshots of slides from scientific talks, one for active research projects where I put meeting notes, etc., and one for personal and family information where I put random parenting, fitness, and household tips. I find this more useful than Evernote because adding links is an easy way to have all of the information accessible and easy to synthesize. I love this, Liz. Thank you so much for sending this in. My question about this wiki, I had not heard of this as a, I guess, method for capturing things, but I'm wondering if Notion is considered wiki Maybe it is, maybe it's not, but the fact that you're able to have kind of different pages on there and then also drop links directly in there makes it sound a little bit like Notion. So I'm super interested in VoodooPad now and I will have to go check it out. If anybody is an expert on wikis versus Notion versus other kind of information capturing apps, I think that would be a really, really fun episode topic, the pros and cons of each of them. So let me know if that is you, if you have tried them all and have come up with 
information capturing digital filing cabinet piece. Because yeah, I think that would be really, really fun. I feel like some people love OneNote, other people love Apple Notes. Notion is rising and up and coming. The old school was more Dropbox or Evernote. And there are so many ways to accomplish the same things with different fees and different tweaks that it would be interesting for someone to just compare them all so we could see what would make the most sense in different scenarios. So I love this planner piece. I think the highlights of it for me is the fact that she has this accessory notebook that goes with her very functional layout in the planner pad and that she is has a sticky note so that she can avoid looking at her planner entirely during the weekends. I think that's very interesting. And then the use of the wikis. So thank you so much for sending that in, Liz. Keep the planner piece submissions coming, everyone. I am always interested in how you manage your planning life. There are so many similarities and yet so many interesting differences to explore. So yes, keep them coming. Okay. In the next segment of today's episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about my current planning wanderlust. Yes, it is only the beginning of March and I will say that this is not atypical for me to be really excited about using a system in January and then by around this time sort of start wandering. It is not that I don't love my Hobonichi cousin. I do, although I did have a minor disaster where I accidentally spilled my potent bug spray all over the beautiful leather cover. And now there are a couple of like eroded spots that really bother me to look at it. So I think that's probably part of it. It's actually really sad because that cover was beautiful, expensive, and I believe out of stock. So what a shame, but I am hard on my stuff. So I guess I have to accept what happens when I bring my planner everywhere and have to have mosquito repellent with me as well because I live in South Florida. Anyway, so I'm still using my Hobonichi cousin. I have my you know weekly plan. I'm using that every day. But I have started for my daily pages to just start to explore other options. And lately, what I've gravitated to is more of a custom bullet journal type setup in my Stology notebook. Now, if you were paying really close attention, you would know that my Stology notebook is actually kind of part of my planner lineup anyway for the year. It's just a plain 365-page grid paper notebook, and it has a very subtle timeline on the left-hand side of the page very light grid lines and lovely paper that I personally prefer to the Tomoe River paper that Hobonichi uses. This is because I am smudge prone. This is because I am not a fountain pen user. And I find that certain gel ink pens, such as the Pilot Juice Up, work really, really nicely in the Stology. And yet I can't really use them in the Hobonichi Cousin without making a mess. So I've just been really enjoying this notebook the past couple of weeks. I've enjoyed having non-dated pages so that if I have like a random list or notes I want to take, I can use a page for that. I actually came across a bullet journal, actually my daughter did from 2020. And wow, like I got really elaborate in the Bujo world. I was using a Archer and Olive A5 bullet journal and those pages, like I, I don't know that I realized at the time how elaborate I was being, but there's washi, there's colors, there's a lot And I guess I really had fun doing it and having the flexibility to stick random lists in there and other things. And technically, the Hobonichi Cousin should be just as flexible, but I don't find myself using it as flexibly. I kind of stick to a certain type of template. So I don't know. I'm just exploring a different daily page right now and enjoying it. 
And I have to say that I do prefer, and I've said this before, but then I always go back to the cousin anyway, I do prefer having a daily notebook that's separate from my weekly so that I can look at my weekly, which is really my calendar spread, while I create my daily page. You can't do that when they're in the same book. But now that leaves me with a dilemma because the cousin is huge and I don't want to carry around all those daily pages if I'm not using them daily. So these are the very minor non-real problems of someone who loves to plan. And I'll think about what I want to do going forward. I also have been ogling items online from Mochi Things, specifically the Artium Planner and their own Planner M, because somehow those layouts are appealing to me right now. I think I am having like nostalgia from when I used to use a Journal J by the Korean brand Iconic. And so who knows, maybe I'll end up back in something like that for my weekly and a blank notebook for my daily. And we can pretend it's 2020, except no pandemic, please. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, but that is where I am in my planner wanderlust right now. And I will be right back with some things that are working as the year is kind of getting underway, things that are not really working, and then a little Q&A segment. All right. We'll be right back. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com slash plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick, and what I'm hoping to wear all season, is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly, air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I, K-A-Y-N-E dot com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I am back. I realize I also was going to mention the layout I'm currently using for my daily spread. I'll have to take a picture of one of these. But as I said, when I use the Hobonichi, I kind of kind of stuck. And yet when I switch, it opens my mind to different ways. I might use the page to track things better, to see things differently. And so it's very simple. It's nothing crazy, but I'm kind of devoting the top part of the page to different trackers. So my meals, my habits, and anything I'm reading. And then the bottom, because this page does have, as I said, the kind of like a very subtle timeline down the left-hand side, I can actually do kind of a hybrid of time tracking and also putting in where my hard landscape events are. Today is a pretty busy day filled with podcasting and meetings and presentations and such. And so I've put in the meetings that are scheduled, but also my to-do list along the right-hand side. I decided not to fully time block, but since I can see the available time I have and I can see my task list really easily, it's pretty easy for me to see where and how things might fit and kind of play a game with myself. Can I get all of these tasks done within the available hours that I have that are empty? So this is working for me right now. There is zero reason I couldn't do the same thing in the cousin, but again, sometimes a new surface, a new layout can help us see our time differently And that can be valuable, even if you are a planning pro. All right, so it's March as we're recording this. We're two months into 2023. And as you know, I spend a lot of time planning my year and thinking about the habits I'm going to focus on. And I thought now would be a nice time to think about like what's working, what is mostly working and what needs some tweaking. So for me, what is working is my running training plan. And this is probably because I've decided to use a coach. I recognize that I love having a coach. I love having a template laid out for me. So that is kind of some self-discovery. I'd never done that, or maybe I have a long time ago, but I haven't for quite some time. I love using my annual goals notebook to track my long-term goals. I had been doing it in Todoist before and Apple Notes before that, but I love doing it on paper. I find it that I gravitate towards looking through this notebook fairly frequently and therefore I'm not losing track of where my yearly, seasonal, and monthly goals are living. And I will say that I've done some really kind of small things that have made life a lot easier. One is that I shoved my desk in the closet and now I can sit down and podcast in peace and not be twisted around. And I cannot tell you how much this little move has made my life so much better. So I guess it's just a lesson that sometimes really, really small things or tasks can really pay dividends. And then also on an even much, much, much smaller scale, organize my pen drawer with the help of my almost 11-year-old. I pulled out all of my brush pens and now I have them all handy when I go to fill out my five-year journal, making that a more fun and creative process as well. So don't underestimate the power of doing really small things to set yourself up for success. Things that are working mostly include staying off of social media. Perhaps I'll have to do another full episode on how I have left social media behind. I'm still doing really well with that overall, and I track my phone minutes almost every day. I generally am successful of keeping them under 100. Sometimes that gets 
messed up if I'm using like Google Maps or something and I try not to be too dogmatic about it, but I'm really, really careful. I will say when I'm in a really bad mood, it tends to be the one thing that goes and I would consider it a spiral habit, meaning if I'm in a bad mood and I let myself go to Reddit and I'm scrolling, then that usually makes me feel worse. So it just leads to a spiral. So I'm going to remind myself of that and create a list of alternatively, positively spiraling habits that I might choose instead when those rare occasions occur. So I would say that is mostly working, definitely more working than not. I've also been focusing on getting my weekends a little bit better planned out and doing more planning on Fridays, and that has generally been working. Sometimes weekends still feel a little bit hectic, but it's usually a fun hectic. So I'm going to keep working on making sure I try to plan in some downtime and relaxation and get some things done ahead during the week. And then finally, Another thing that is mostly working is my reading habits. So I had a crazy idea that I was going to try to finish a novel every 10 days by assigning myself 10% of any given book and then read two nonfiction books a month. I have not entirely stuck to this, but I have definitely continued reading regularly. What happened was I decided to read Amor Toll's The Lincoln Highway, and that book is almost 600 pages. So 10% of it was a lot and it's not a quick read. And so I got a little bit bogged down. But in general, I've been sticking to my framework and I really, really love it. And I'm going to stick with it as a suggestion, not a requirement. And I think that will keep me reading. And then finally, things that are not really working this year that were on my goals list include certain long-term projects involved like organizing or the photo book. I know in myself that I'm great about putting something like that on the list, but less good about remembering to break it up and maybe assigning myself for the month or the week a little piece of said project. So I do have an awareness of that since I pay attention to these things. So in March, I plan on trying to work on breaking those things up a little bit better. All right, so that's a little rundown on what's working this year so far, what is kind of working and what is not working. And I would love to hear how you are doing with your goals and habits this year. So please keep those coming. You guys know I love the goals list. So a goals update would be just as welcome. And then finally, I have a Q&A to answer. This one comes from a resident and I'm going to leave it anonymous, but she writes, Hi, Sarah. I'm a new podcast listener and blog reader that heard your interview on Dr. Rupa Wong's podcast. Yes, that she is a physician podcaster extraordinaire, social media star, and I was On her podcast, I'll try to put a link to that in the show notes. Okay, back to the question. She writes, I am a fellow in an internal medicine subspecialty that's a mixture of inpatient, outpatient, and research. Since residency, I've been buying a paper planner every year, a mixture of simplified weekly, daily, and the rifle paper planner, but I find myself rarely using it. I don't have a dedicated workspace at work or at home, so my planner is rarely taken out of my bag, usually on the weekends when I update it for the week ahead. In both the clinic and the hospital, I just use whatever computer is open at the moment, and I am often running around for most of the day. Do you have any recommendations for using a paper planner during the busy training years of medical education, and if you don't have your own workspace? Any planners in particular that you would recommend? In medical school, I love doing a daily layout so I could plan my entire day. I really miss using a paper planner, but just haven't found a way to make it work in my current lifestyle over the past several years. So I thought this was a very interesting question because. I was trying to think about what I used to use in residency. And she's right. If you are super clinically busy, you're not going to have really time or even a use for elaborate daily layouts in part because most of your work is by necessity fairly reactive and fairly prescribed. Meaning like, 
you're going to round on your patients and then you're going to write your patient notes. And really like all that stuff is confidential anyway. And you're much more likely to have like a paper list that you write on and then shred at the end of the day in one of those hospital recycling bins. So I get that you might not need something elaborate and certainly not something big. I do encourage you to rethink not having a workspace at home because even though you're a resident, you might want space to do fun work, creative work, to study for your boards, of course, um, work on research stuff. So if there is a little nook in your house that you can carve out, even if or your apartment or wherever you're living, I recommend trying to figure out something. We lived in a smallish apartment during my residency years, and I had this little kitchen nook. It was in the kitchen, but somehow it had enough space for my laptop. It was awesome. I loved it. It was my little home base. So if you can figure out a home base for yourself at home, then I think that can be helpful. It sounds like you do enjoy kind of thinking through your week by planning it on paper, but just haven't had to like bring it to work because you know when you're at work, your tasks are kind of determined for you, and I think that's okay. So I would say lean into that. You need something small. You need something that you can kind of plan your weeks and your social events and your fun stuff, but not necessarily plan out your work. That's just not what you need right now. And maybe something really compact that could go in a bag or even like a white coat pocket, like a Hobonichi Weeks or a Jibun Techo would serve you. I actually did think back to what I was using during residency, and I believe I used sometimes an Exacompta Weekly Planner that was not that big. And then also the aforementioned Journal J by the Korean brand Iconic. I had one a million years ago, and it doesn't have that much space for each day because I didn't need it. I would just write like what I was making for dinner and the workout I planned to do that day and the hours I was going to be at work. I didn't put my work tasks in there. There was no need to do that. So I think you kind of have the right instincts and you need something super portable and you can focus on having your lists and tasks be really, really organized on something disposable that you throw out at the end of each day. I will say my favorite residents are the ones that I see writing things down because I know they're going to get stuff done. And I am really happy to see the art of beautiful checklists and coding on paper has definitely not died, at least when I look over at my very young millennial slash old Gen Z residents, I still see them doing it and it warms my heart. So I hope that helps a little bit, something minimal, something small. Don't force yourself to overplan. Probably once you are doing more research and less inpatient, you're going to want more planning space for each day or like a dedicated like bullet journal style notebook for your research. And then once you reach attending hood, you still might not need to plan out your clinical tasks. I really don't. They just show up as kind of like yellow blocks of when I'm seeing patients, but you know, you'll need a planner for the rest of life and for those little nagging things that do pop up that you need to keep track of. All right. Well, this has been a really fun episode, just sharing what's going on right now, sharing a great planner piece submission and my planner wanderlust even this early in the year. I do have a fantastic guest coming up. She'll be either next week or the week after. I just have to nail down exactly which weekday I'll be interviewing her, but I think it will be a really fun one. And the hint is that financial is the theme. So we'll be talking all about organizing your money. So just wait for that. I guess I'll give a little update on BLPA related stuff as I usually do. This spring session, as I mentioned, is closed. If you received my newsletter in March, you got some information about the upcoming live session in November. If you're not a newsletter subscriber, go ahead and subscribe and I will make sure to update the BLPA tab on the shoebox so you can see the information there as well. 
All right. I hope you are having a wonderful March, the third month of our year, 2023. And I will be back next week, either with my financial related guest or a product review. Time will tell. Keep the questions coming. Keep the planner submission pieces coming and have a wonderful week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.